Oh, my God. 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Shabbos 
Shabbos and Gilo, done by, uh, wow, Gilo. It's the last time I was in Gilo. Drove through Gilo, I think, in January of 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Used to spend a lot more time driving through Gilo. Great neighborhood in Jerusalem. Anyway, Shabbos and Gilo from Leif Tahar. You heard uh, Yehuda with Eishas Chayel. Krakow, Nigun, and Yedid Nefesh, done by Mayor Davis. Uh, 
Ari Goldwag, brand new. Habotchim, Yeshli Akol, and Elokai, all off of the brand new Acapella Soul, volume number eight. And the Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Friday, April the 16th, day four in the month of ER, the year 5781. Tufshin Pei Aleph. Normally today is Israel Memorial Day, but of course that was pushed to Wednesday because of the proximity of Yom Ha'atzmu'ah to a Shabbos. Uh, so uh, today is the fourth of ER, and um, no special designation this year. Day number 19. Today is day number 19 in the counting of the Omer. That's two weeks and five days, day number 19. Um, Erev Shabbos Parshas Tazria Mitzora. It is a double Parsha this week. Tazria Mitzora. And um, candle lighting time in New York. 716. 716 candle lighting time. We also bench Bahab tomorrow if you're not familiar with that. Consult with your local rabbi. 42 degrees, 81% humidity, winds in north at 4 miles per hour. Overcast today with a high of 55. Then tonight, partly cloudy, low of 44. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high, 60 degrees. 83 in Yerushalayim. 42 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Uh, Malcolm Holmline, weekly update coming up about an hour from now, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin will have words about Tazria Mitzora. I think this is a stretch, if I'm not mistaken. I believe this is a stretch of, is it four weeks? Let me check. All right. Now I got to check this out. Where's Josh Levine for a calendaric consultation? <laughs> Josh, is a, Josh and I both share a tremendous love for the uh, conversations that are on the air regarding the calendar. Uh, yeah, this week is Tazria Mitzora. Next week is Achremos Kedoshim. And on the 8th of May is Bahar Bechukosai. Three of the next four weeks are double partios. Three. <laughs> I have to let this sink in. <laughs> I can't go to shul tomorrow until this has sunk in. Three of the next four weeks are double partios. Wow. That is something. Anyway, candle lighting, as we said, 716 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Weekly update coming up. Plenty about the Parshios. And um, we are now literally in the midst of our Sphera format. Two weeks from today, we're we're going to be enjoying a spectacular morning. The JM and the AM Lagba Omer live musical Extravaganza will star Avram Rosenblum and the Diasperados in a five-hour special. We go on the air at 6. We leave the air at 11. You can watch it all on our website, on Facebook Live, on Instagram Live. You can tune in by uh, downloading our free app, Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, You can uh, obviously listen via the web and all the other audio methods that people are using to listen. There'll be a special jam that morning, Avram Rosenblum and Aryeh Kunstler. All of it is sponsored by uh, Mizrahi Religious Zionists of America. The entire presentation is sponsored by them. We We have two amazing chair people. Steve Adelsberg has accepted the role as general chairman of the uh, 
of the event, and uh, Ralph Rosenbaum, who uh, continues to ensconce himself in the chairman role, and I thank him from the bottom of my heart for that. Uh, He's going to be our New Jersey chairman that day. The event's happening in New Jersey. Uh, So he'll be our New Jersey chairman that day, and I thank both of them very, very much. It's going to be an amazing event, everybody. It is going to be an amazing event with a lot of people tuned in from around the world. I hope you have the opportunity to to watch, to listen, to enjoy. I really hope so. It's going to be quite an event. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Uh, Oh, there's so much to talk about. All right, we'll try to get to everything. I can't guarantee you that we'll get to everything, but we certainly are going to try to get to everything. How's that? More coming up Friday, Erev Shabbos. You are listening to JM in the AM on the Nahum Siegel Network. Shabbat Shalom. 
Menucha Vesimcha done by Cole Zimra here at JM and the M. Bishamru, that was uh, Yehuda Solomon. Mim Komcha from Ofi Nat, Blue Fringe and Vayivarech, Shabbos and Gilo, that was Leif Tahor. Yehuda had Ashes Highland there. JM and the AM, good morning. It's a Friday, 19th day in the counting of the Omer, two weeks and five days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzorah. We've got four Shabbatot. The next four weeks, three of them are double partios. Three of the next four weeks, double partios. Candle lighting at 716 in New York. Is that accurate? Let me just make sure. I know over the last 37 years <laughs> what we announce as candle lighting time. 
Uh, yeah, we could we could actually JM the M time we could have said seven seventeen, but all right, we'll leave it at seven sixteen. Seven sixteen candlelighting time in New York. We'll bench Bahab tomorrow. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. Overcast today, a high fifty five. Partly cloudy weather over Shabbos in this area. Yerushalayim's got some big numbers, eighty three degrees in Jerusalem. Whoa, not bad at all. One week from today, the JM and the AM Lagba Omer live musical. One week from today, two weeks from today, <laughs> two weeks from today, JM and the AM Lagba Omer live musical extravaganza with Avram Rosenblum, the Diasporados, Arye Kunstler. Uh, it's brought to you by Mizrahi, Religious Zionists of America. It's a five hour JM and the AM. Wow, that's a lot. Five hours. Thank God Avram Rosenblum is there to rock to rock us out with some uh, amazing musicians. So thank you to Mizrahi. Thank you to our general chairman, um, Steve Adelsberg. Thank you to our New Jersey chairman, Ralph Rosenbaum. And thanks to everybody who's sponsoring the event. If you want to sponsor, by the way, get in touch with us. Sponsorship gets you entry, and a lot of people want to be there that morning. To feel the excitement on Lagba Omer. Uh, you can email me, Nahum at NahumSiegel.com. You can email Yoni, Yoni at NahumSiegel.com. Whatever you wish. A reminder on the 27th of April, it's an evening of inspiration uh, presented by the Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center in Queens in memory of Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld, Rabbi Noah Isaac Elbaum, Rabbi Eitan Feiner, Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, Rabbi Chaim Schwartz, all will be presenting. Uh, it'll be moderated by Rabbi Perlman, the coordinator of Jewish Affairs at the Margaret Teets Center. Uh, it'll be streamed on margaretteets.org, and we'll talk more about this as we get closer. It's April the 27th, a week from Tuesday that it's happening. Uh, again, uh, sponsored by the Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center in Queens, New York, and more about it as we get closer. I was made, um, I was made aware of a charity campaign that I think uh, speaks directly to you, our JMNAM listeners. Yatar, which is short for the ATV unit in Hebrew, is the only volunteer-based anti-terror unit under the command of the IDF and the Border Patrol. Highly trained anti-terror experts patrol and respond in hard-to-reach areas that are ripe for terrorism-related activities. Yatar also responds to fires and other emergencies in hard-to-reach areas. The country's only unit like this relies on generous donations from people to fund their highly specialized ATVs. The bottom line is, as Yatar continues to uh, guard the border, they are trying to raise money for one ATV. And I always think that those campaigns are like the perfect ones for this audience, you know, that together we could raise the money for an ATV. They already have $38,000 of the $85,000 goal. They already have $38,000. And if you'd like to contribute, it's a charity.com charity with a D, as you know, charity.com slash CMP slash Yatar Israel charity.com slash CMP slash Yatar Israel. And you can give generously at that site and literally buy the ATV or help by the ATV for Yatar to continue to guard the border of Israel. Simple as that. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network. We're going to go to the beloved NSN app. 
We got Galit Sal in the background. A couple of more hours of JM and the AM, including the weekly update at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time with Malcolm Honline. Galit Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for Friday is next at JM and the AM. Galit Tzal, Hashash Time. Shalom Rav, Baulpan Ehud Graf, in Mashikorea Akshav. תגובה רוסית תקיפה לעיצומים שנקטה נגדה ארצות הברית. דובר הקרמלין דימיטרי פסקוב אמר במסיבת עיתונאים כי מוסקבה ווושינגטון אינן חולקות את אותו החזון ליצירת קשרים מועילים הדדית. הנשיא ולדימיר פוטין יחליט אילו עיצומי תגובה תטיל רוסיה על האמריקנים. עם זה הדגיש כי פוטין חזר ואמר כי מוסקבה מוכנה לשיתוף פעולה עם וושינגטון אם זה יהיה הדדי. אמש הודיע הבית הלבן על גירוש של כעשרה דיפלומטים רוסיים, רובם אנשי ביון, בשל מעורבותה של רוסיה במתקפות סייבר על ארצות הברית, ובשל התערבותה בבחירות לנשיאות. הקבינט המדיני-ביטחוני התכנס ביום ראשון לדון בהתפתחויות האחרונות בזירה האיראנית. אישים איראנים הודיעו הבוקר כי מדעני הגרעין הצליחו להעשיר אורניום לרמה של 60% במתקן בנתנז, שבראשית השבוע אירע בו חבלה המיוחסת לישראל. לפי פרסומים שונים, החבלה פגעה בסרקזות צנטריפוגות המתקדמות, והודעת טהרן נועדה להפריך זאת. נשיא איראן רוחני איים קודם לכן כי ביכולתה של ארצו להעשיר אורניום גם לרמה של 90 אחוזים, הרמה הנחוצה לבנייתה של פצצה גרעינית. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג מזכירה כי איראן בעיצומו של משא ומתן עם מדינות אירופה וארצות הברית על חזרה להסכם הגרעין שנחתם לפני שש שנים. מערכת החינוך תחזור ללמוד באופן מלא החל מיום ראשון בהתאם להחלטת הממשלה. כך לפי מתווה שפרסם משרד החינוך לפני זמן קצר. מגילאי גן ועד כיתות י"ב, התלמידים ילמדו ללא חלוקה לקבוצות, תוך שמירה על הנחיות ריחוק חברתי והיגיינה. כתבתנו לענייני חינוך איילת ברון מציינת כי בכיתות ז' עד י"ב מנהלי בתי הספר יוכלו להחליט על המשך למידה בקבוצות לצורך צמצום הפערים הרגשיים, החברתיים והלימודיים. הממשלה אמורה לאשר את המתווה עוד היום בטרם כניסת השבת. בין ג'ונס ברמת הגולן, סמוך לחמת גדר, טבע ומת גבר כבן 25. צוות של מגן דוד אדום שהוזעק למקום ניסה להחיותו, אך נאלץ לקבוע את מותו. נסיבות התביעה נחקרות. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו קובי מנדל. המשטרה עצרה חשודים בפרשיית הונאה של תיירים שסחרו רכב בישראל. בחקירה שהחלה לאחר תלונה של חברת השכרת הרכב אייביס, התברר כי החשודים שלחו מכתבים אל התיירים לאחר שאלה שבו לארצם, ודרשו מהם כסף בתואנה כי עשו עבירות תעבורה נושאות קנסות. כתבתנו בבירה אסהל פלד מוסרת כי רוב החשודים שוחררו בתנאים מגבילים. מעצרו של החשוד המרכזי הוארך עד יום שני הקרוב. תחזית מזג האוויר, בהיר עד מעונן חלקית בעננות בגובה רב. הטמפרטורות יעלו ויהיה חם מהרגיל לעונה בהרים ובפנים הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורך דני זקן, בצוות דניאל הראל והילה מזרחי.
בחסות קבוצת
J.M. in the A.M. Wow. Good song. Whoops. There we go. Oh, we'll get to that one. Don't worry. <laughs> Just didn't expect to get to it as quickly as we did. <laughs> That's all. J.M. in the A.M. Good morning. What a song. Mike Boxer and company with uh, Bill Vovey here at the J.M. the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, day 19, the county of the Omer. Anyway, I was saying before the news... Uh, that you may want to get involved in this ATV campaign. It's one of those campaigns that uh, gives you a good feeling that we literally together have purchased an ATV for an organization that needs it badly to help protect Israel. Again, I remind you, Yatar is the only volunteer-based anti-terror unit under the command of the IDF and Border Control. They're highly trained anti-terror experts patrol and respond in hard-to-reach areas ripe for terrorism-related activities. Yatar responds to fires and other emergencies in hard-to-reach areas. The country's only unit like this relies on generous donations to fund their highly specialized ATV. And right now, they're trying to buy an ATV to protect Israel. They have uh, $38,000 of their $85,000 goal. Not bad. It's almost halfway. Uh, So if you'd like to participate... Give what you can. The whole campaign is in memory of Esther Horgan, who, of course, was murdered by terrorists. Uh, go to charity.com slash CMP slash Yatar Israel. Again, that's or just go to the web and search Charity Yatar, and you'll find it. Charity.com, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y, charity.com slash CMP slash Yatar Israel. Y-A-T-A-R, Israel. But again, if you just go to the web and put in charity and, you know, Yatar, you're going to find it. (laughs) Simple as that. Uh, Mizrahi Religious Zionists of America, who, of course, have announced their leadership delegation going to Israel in late May and are already sold out, as we discussed yesterday on the Yomatz Mot special. Still can't get over that. Uh, They're sponsoring our JMNAM Lagba Omer extravaganza two weeks from today. In New Jersey, a five-hour show with Avram Rosenblum and the Diaspora Rados, these special musical guests. Uh, it's a real live Lagba Omer celebration with an Avram Rosenblum Arye Kunstler jam and a whole bunch of other great things. Lots of good stuff. Um, anyway, if you want to sponsor the event and in turn come down and be part of the big celebration, it's going to be really cool. Uh, email us, yoni at nachomsegel.com, yoni at nachomsegel.com. Oh, I think there's even a tab. Um, am I right that there's a tab at fjbunity.org? If you go to fjbunity.org, um, which I'm trying to do right now, if you go to fjbunity.org and you click on sponsorship opportunities, yeah, the top one, sponsored a 5781 Log special. It's a $500 sponsorship, and that, of course, uh, gives you the ability to attend our big Log special. So you can go to fjbunity.org and literally take care of it right now. fjbunity.org for information. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Um, Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide try a and h today and a big announcement is coming from a and h in the next few days yeah we're always filled with good news thank god 
and A&H has some good news coming up. Uh, we're about to uh, play you Harry Rothenberg's words about Tazria and Mitzorah. I want to remind you that our friends and partners in Torah, and Harry's a big advocate of the incredible Partners in Torah organization, uh, our friends and partners in Torah are encouraging people not just to become partners and to try to uh, explore and successfully, thank God, explore more about our tradition and heritage, which is uh, likely something that many people out there or you work with people who are out there that uh, would like to do that. But in addition, uh, consider becoming a mentor in the Partners in Torah program. You will find it to be a doable and rewarding experience. A lot of people think they can't do it. It's false. Uh, most people can do it. And you'll find it to be very rewarding. Get information at partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org, or 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and then the number two. Twelve minutes after 7 a.m., Harry Rothenberg with words about Parshios, Tazria, and Mitzorah at JM in the AM. If you look in the first chapter in Genesis, it states that God created man in his image. But if you contrast that with chapter 2 in Genesis, we're told that God created man from the dust of the earth. Those two chapters, but that apparent contradiction, are meant to teach us a profound lesson as follows. As humans, we're told, the sky's the limit. You could accomplish virtually anything. You were created in God's image. But chapter 2 reminds us, don't get too big for your britches. Don't get too full of yourselves. After all, remember, you were created from the dust of the earth. But that lesson, that profound lesson, is so important that it's repeated this week. At the end of last week's Torah portion, God details for us the laws of kosher and non-kosher, pure and impure among animals and fish and birds and insects. And then at the beginning of this week's Torah portion, we're told the laws of purity and impurity involving mankind. Why? Because just as at creation, God first created the animals and the fish and the birds and the insects and then mankind, so too, first he details the laws relating to animals and creatures and then details the laws relating to mankind. Mankind was created last because we are the honored, cherished guests in the king's palace. Just as a king gets the palace already before he invites his guests into the palace, God got the entire world ready for us. When we follow his dictates, we remain his cherished guests. But when we don't, we're supposed to realize even cockroaches were created before us. And so all of us are bidden to remind ourselves that bishvili nivra ha'olam, the entire world was created for me. Now that sounds like something that an egomaniac would say, but think about it. If you're in a moral dilemma, fighting against your baser urges, trying to decide whether to do the right thing or the wrong thing, and you stop and reflect and think that God created the entire universe for you, that creates a certain responsibility. And I gotta believe that if you stop and think about that, it's gonna increase the chance that you'll make the right decision.
J.M. in the A.M. Beat the home with Kiesh Marash Shabbat. Why does that keep happening? What's going on with our system here that that keeps happening? We'll get to that song eventually. Uh, Bitachon, before that, Krakow Nigun from Kolacha. You heard Bitachon's Animam in Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, 19th day in the counting of the Omer. Forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today, two weeks and five days. Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzora with candlelighting at 716 in New York. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. Some weeks are long, and those weeks that aren't that long feel long. <laughs> Want to thank those who comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. <laughs> One listener says, Call Rabbi Heber. I guess that was uh, in reference to three of the next four weeks being double partios. That's at least what I would assume. It's funny. Um, <laughs> this listener asks, What's the name of the Hanan Ben Ari song you played on Yom Zikaron? Have a great Shabbos. I'm assuming it's Shvurei Lev, right? I'm assuming that the song you mean is Shavure Lev, and you can search for it in English. You don't have to do it with Hebrew words. 
I hope I'm right. Um, I hope I'm right. Just trying to think. The other one wasn't Hanan Ben. Oh, I'm sorry. It was. It was not Shvuri Leif. Um, the song that I think you mean is uh, Amen Al Hayladim. Amen Al Hayladim, but it actually might be pronounced. Um, how did Mayor pronounce it? Omen. Maybe it's Omen, but it's Aleph Mem Nun. Omen Al Hayladim, Hanan Ben Ari. Omen Al Hayladim. The other one that I was thinking of, Shvuri Lev, that was. Um, Oh, that was also Hanan Ben Ari. Okay, so they're both Hanan Ben Ari. <laughs> both songs that we played on Yom Zikaron are both Hanan Ben Ari. The other one is Shvure Lev. Shvure Lev. And both songs have a massive number of hits on YouTube, by the way. You'll see that. Really nice videos as well. Friday morning, JM in the AM. Good morning, all. I want to remind you that our friends at Art Scroll have, well, I mean, they have thousands of titles, as you know. But there's one in particular I wanted to bring to your attention this week. Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer Krohn has uh, just released a book entitled A Woman's Guide to Practical Halacha. A Woman's Guide to Practical Halacha. It's Rabbi Eliezer Krohn. You can search for it at artscroll.com. Remember, when you use promo code radio, you get your discount and you get free shipping. When you go to artscroll.com, always use promo code Radio. That's the lesson that you learn every single day here at JM and the AM. When you go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. That's how you'll save and you'll get free shipping. I called your attention earlier this morning to the campaign for Yatar. Uh, Yatar Israel is trying to raise money for one ATV. Uh, they are the only... Uh, the only outfit in Israel uh, that is working in uh, cooperation with um, the IDF for the purposes of security on the Israeli border. It's the only volunteer-based anti-terror unit under the command of the IDF and Border Patrol. They always need highly specialized ATVs. Uh, the the only unit, Yatar is the only unit like this in Israel, and how do they get their funding? Through generous donations. So they could respond to terror, they could respond to fire, they could respond to other emergencies in hard-to-reach areas. Simple as that. So go to uh, charity.com slash CMP slash Yatar Israel. They've already raised 38000 of their $85,000 goal. You can help them buy that brand new ATV. Charity with a D. Charity.com slash CMP slash Yatar Israel. Or do what I did. Just search Charity and Yatar and you'll get there. (laughs) And you'll see the campaign and you can participate in any which way you would like. All right. Charity.com slash CMP slash Yatar Israel. Also, a reminder, two weeks from today, Mizrahi, Religious Zionists of America, present our five-hour JM in the AM Lagba Omer special and Lagba Omer live musical Extravaganza. 
It's happening in a five-hour presentation that's going to be on uh, Logba Omer two weeks from today. And I certainly hope that um, everybody out there tunes in and uh, feels connected as you watch from around the world. It's going to be quite an event. And um, and if you want to sponsor the event uh, and participate with us by coming down and being part of the big celebration, fjbunity.org. Go to fjbunity.org. It's the first line under sponsorship opportunities. Click on sponsorship opportunities. The first thing you'll see. And I hope we can count on you to sponsor the event and to come down and enjoy the event. fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Again, just click on sponsorship opportunities. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Weekly update is on the way and plenty more. It's JM in the AM. Mishar so shoyalim shoyalim Shabbos on English, 
Yona, Yona Matza, Yona Matza, Voma Noach, Vesham Yanuchu, Yanuchu, Yigi
Cantor Simon Cohen. How could we not play Tfilah Shlom Hamdina of the Shabbat of Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut? I hope your Yom HaZikaron was meaningful. My thanks to Mayor Weingarten for making it very meaningful for us on Wednesday morning. I hope your Yom HaTzmaut was uh, celebratory and and um, festive. I want to thank Mayor Weingarten. He helped make it celebratory and festive with us here yesterday morning at JMNAM. If you missed any of the Yoma Zikaron, Yoma Atzmud programming, uh, we have an archive section. NahumSiegel.com has got an archive section. The NSN app has an archive section. Take advantage. There's a lot to look back on. Uh, we know how vital it is to remember the past. Most people who are behaving in radical fashion these days uh, try their hardest to eliminate the past. We know how uh, important it is to remember the past and uh, what effect it has on our present and our future. So take a look back at those programs. They'll be very helpful uh, as we uh, continue forward, that I could tell you. JM in the AM live Lagba Omer celebration, a five-hour broadcast with a live musical extravaganza to be seen around the world with Avram Rosenblum and the Diasperados, Aryeh Kunstler, part of the mix. It's all happening two weeks from today on Lagba Omer. Two weeks from today on Lagba Omer, a five-hour JM in the AM. We'll be in a, a New Jersey studio. Um, if you want to sponsor the event, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And we certainly invite sponsors to come on down and enjoy what will be, no doubt, a fabulous Lagba Omer celebration. Uh, our friends at JewishWorldReview.com, a great resource to uh, go ahead and print out thousands of articles before Shabbos about Israel and the Jewish world. And even when it's not Erev Shabbos, it's a good resource to see what's happening and to read comments and commentary from some of the most distinguished columnists on planet Earth. Go to JewishWorldReview.com again, JewishWorldReview.com, and enjoy. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Friday mornings for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good to be with you. 
Appreciate that. Erev Yom Atzimut, real Erev Yom Atzimut. I hope you had a meaningful Yom HaZikaron and a festive Yom HaZimut. I certainly did. I take it as a very meaningful event. I think too many people took it for granted in the past, but I think this year many more people appreciated it, and I think the celebrations were more intense even if they weren't more public, um, because people miss not being in Israel for a year. The anticipation of going back is so great. I can't tell you the number of calls we get of people just anxious to be able to go. And I think, uh, you know, you often, because it's there and because, you know, if it isn't an immediate danger, although there are real dangers around, that we don't think about it. We take for granted not just Israel, but all the things around us, our families and others, that you don't think every hour, every day, and we should. And we have to thank God for every bracha, every breath, everything that we that we received. And I think this year people felt um, felt the importance of Israel more than ever. I think because of the rise of anti-Semitism, because of many other factors as well. But the significance of Israel, I think, was more intense this year. Well, I hope you're right. I didn't get that feeling that uh, people who generally don't pay attention to uh, Israel Memorial Day and Israel Independence Day all of a sudden did this year. But again, I hope you're right. I also uh, think that among those that are uh, concerned about Israel and yearn for it and long for it and wonder the next time we'll be there, and please God, please God, as we've announced on the air, we're scheduled to be there next month. We hope that that actually does happen. Uh, But I think there's a a sense among uh, people in that category that I just described, that uh, in the end or down the road, Israel is going to be our only reliable place to be, our only reliable um, uh, country to count on. And I think that that's one of the uh, great uh, uh, fears uh, that is now going through and permeating in certain parts of our community, or I should say certain parts of many diaspora communities, uh, knowing that only a strong Israel is um, is uh, is the great hope for our future. So I think that there's a uh, uh, a tremendous interest in many people in our community in celebrating this week and uh, appreciating the miracles. But I think the background of what's going on in this world and seeing how the most reliable countries are suddenly looking like they're going to be unreliable, I think that also has a factor with the way people are viewing Israel. Just one correction. You said, in the end... That's the problem. Too many people think of Israel as a place to go in the end. And what when we were at Davin every day, we, we asked to return to Yerushalayim upright, that we shouldn't be horizontal in a, in a box, but we should be going there when we still can contribute, when we can enjoy it, we can appreciate it. And um, uh, the, the significance, as you said, of Israel, for so many reasons, if anybody is realistic about the global situation and the domestic situation, you can't help but see Israel in a different light. Yeah, and I apologize for that. Unlike me to use that expression, but you're 100% right, uh, future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel, are not necessarily the end, even though we do uh, sometimes uh, uh, speak about, and I know this sounds harsh, but we speak about those who eventually do make Aliyah, but they make Aliyah in a box, as you just alluded to. Um, uh, but ev- everybody out there has to uh, has to realize uh, the importance, the miracle, uh, how much uh, Israel is there protecting all of us. And I know that that's a stretch for some people, and a lot of people don't get it. People in Israel often don't get it when I say it, but we can live right now in the luxury and comfort of the diaspora only because of the secure state of Israel. Simple as that. So I hope everyone keeps that in mind. 
during a week like this. Uh, what did you think of the uh, uh, of the sanctions announced by the um, president of the United States against Russia? They're pretty tough, and it's uh, certainly going to complicate his planned meeting with uh, with Putin. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of justification for sanctions against uh, Russia, but. You know, we have to be credible about the sanctions. If we, in fact, weaken the sanctions that's been proposed on, on Iran, and people will not take the sanctions regime seriously. China's under sanctions. Others are under sanction. Uh, I believe that sanctions can be very valid uh, and effective if they're done right, but they have to be done seriously, and they have to um, be able to be sold to the, to the recipients as well. And if, um, you know, many times people become more defiant because of it, not more compliant. And I think the, the uh, you know, the relationship with Russia is anyway a tense one. And the, you know, they, I'm not sure that they, their economic conditions are very bad, but I don't know how much they will uh, let the sanctions influence the policy decisions they make. They're becoming more aggressive, not just in the ways that were described for the sanctions, but in their activities, they, they look wherever America is pulling back. They try to fill the void, including with Iran doing joint military exercises, building bases in, in and their activities in Syria, their activities in Libya, their activities everywhere. Uh, you know, this is beyond where the czars got, and the you know the warm water ports, and many of the the things that they have for centuries sought. He's actually quietly doing it, as he did in the Crimea, as he took actions elsewhere, what he did in Georgia. And there was no action taken. So whether this is too little too late or whether this will really have an impact, we will have to see. Did the recipients have an official response? Defiance, obviously. But meaning he, a public statement? They did, yeah. They, well, well, I don't think no, that Putin did, although I'm pretty sure he did. But others certainly responded with anger, and they'll retaliate, and they're going to impose sanctions as well. I don't think there's much that they can uh, sanction the United States with. Um, and in this one case, I think many of the Europeans will, will probably go along. The question is, will they go along with the energy, um, any sanctions on, regarding the energy which they're purchasing from Russia and are dependent on Russia, and Russia is working to make sure that they don't have alternative sources. They want Europe to be dependent on them like Ukraine, so they can turn off the valve whenever they want to put the pressure on them. And people freeze in the winter because of that. Well, based on your initial response and then the way you just went through the, the list of things, it sounds like, the, the as you said, the, the, the list of reasons for the sanctions is legitimate. Is the entire list legitimate? Did anything bother you about his presentation just in terms of what he was uh, aiming to, in terms of why he was sanctioning Russia? Was the entire list of, of reasons legitimate? I didn't study it that carefully. At the, I, I, well, what uh, I'm getting at, obviously, I know. is yeah. the election. Right, exactly. So, I mean, right. is, is that a is that provable? Is that relying on conspiracy theories? Is that something that's, you know, I would think it's something that's probably really unprovable till the end of time. Like, I don't know if that's something that could ever be, you know, proven definitively. Is that? Well, we it, always hope they have intelligence that we don't have that that makes it demonstratively true. Right, he true. didn't rely just on that. Um, I, I would right now prefer that we were tougher on the sanctions on Iran and really clamping down on, on Turkey and others that, that are doing stuff. The China certainly justified with what the, they're doing. 
and it's probably justified to do something, but, but you need a really comprehensive policy. You can't do just uh, isolated acts. There has to be a real vision and a, and a total policy, which there may be, but we have yet to see it uh, to, to really bring about a change on the issues that, that are concerned. The Internet is very dangerous. What Iran is doing there, what Turkey, what uh, Russia is doing there, what China is doing there, the manipulation, and people don't know it because it's invisible in many cases. You don't know how much of the stuff you read, of, this, of the emails you get, of the, of the uh, breaches of systems, of the, uh, you know, how, how much uh, hacking is going on every day, thousands and thousands and thousands of times each day. And those things, there has to be some sort of international consensus and pressure. Uh, I'm waiting to see whether are the Europeans are really going to join and, and, and back up the United States on these, um, on these sanctions, which is really what assures their effectiveness. They keep telling us on Iran, right. you need, we don't have the Europeans, and therefore it's not effective. That's not true. It's effective because no one can deal, can deal in the international commerce if you don't have access to the dollar and, our, and the SWIFT system and banking systems. It, it is crippling no matter what. The Europeans are not companies are not going to violate American law, it, not because their countries adopt them or don't adopt them, because they care about what U.S. law and the sanctions that could be visited on them. If European countries, European governments, in fact, would have or, or, or eventually will uh, join with the U.S. on this, it probably would have been smarter for the president to wait till he had that type of support behind him before making this announcement, or is that not necessary? It isn't necessary, and, and if we wait for the Europeans, nothing will ever happen. Mm. We see, you know, we saw this week in France where Macron is backing off of all this tough language about fighting the Islamists and the terrorists, etc., and that Halimi, Mrs. Halimi, Dr. Sarah Halimi's murderer, yeah. blatant murderer, throws her off a, a balcony yelling, Allah Akbar, has harassed her and, and threatened her long before he murdered her, admits that he murdered her, and then gets off because he was using marijuana, and they said that he was not criminally, uh, he can't be criminally prosecuted because he wasn't mentally capable. I mean, and then he walks, and what's the message? We can kill, you can kill Jews, and nothing happens, and it's not the first time. And if France, and like the rest of Europe today, has no spine, is not willing to stand up to virtually any really critical issue. And the, so if we're going to wait for, for Europe, believe me, nothing will ever happen. Well, can you tell us about the uh, power failure at the Iranian uranium enrichment site? Yeah, I hear I, somebody by mistake unpulled a plug, <laughs> and uh, they had this uh, outage. This, this is a very significant um, achievement. And again, uh, Israel this time seemed to indicate that it was responsible, though they don't formally take uh, responsibility uh, they destroyed probably 60% of the uh, centrifuges and set them back, different estimates, uh, nine months, ten months, two years. That's what happens when a nuclear power plant loses power? <laughs> this was not a nuclear power plant losing power. This was either explosives or a cyber hack that set off a series of explosions. I mean, I've seen pictures of it. Uh, one of the officials from the Iran Atomic Energy Agency, the spokesman, uh, went to the site and fell into a crater that was 22 feet deep, wow. and is in the hospital because of it. So the the the, the likelihood is that there were explosives, as you know, Natanz has been the subject of attacks before, but this followed 
the installation of the IR6 and even uh, supposedly testing the IR9, which is 50 times faster than the IR1 centrifuges, which means that they can um, break out in a fraction of the time before. Again, it's experimental, but now they're talking about putting a 1,000 into Fordo, a place that was supposedly closed, and... I'm sorry? Hello? Yeah, you're on. Oh, oh sorry. Um, and... Uh, people saw the explosions from distance away. There were there were um, uh, pictures, so they couldn't very well deny it. And now the fact that they that some of the officials were admitting to the extent, and the people are mocking the government because of their inability to protect their their sites. I mean, Natanz has been hit twice. You had the assassinations. You had the other explosions that took place, and whether domestic. Uh, um, carried out or whether others had a role in it, it's the fact is that their security is ridiculous. It just couldn't uh, cope with the um, uh, with uh, the, these threats and, and situations. So, you know, we also see the battle at sea where another Israeli ship was attacked. It doesn't seem that they did much damage. <clears throat> it was um, probably a drone attack, again, off the coast of the UAE in the in the Red Sea in the Gulf, and, and um, you know, this is escalating because each time there has to be a response. The, um, it, so this is not a, you know, this is a very dangerous uh, situation. They keep threatening that they will strike at Zionist targets. Um, you know that they've been trying to kidnap Israelis using Internet um, attractions of people, and especially women writing to Israelis to, to meet with them and then, of course, their goal is to to kidnap them, and you have to see this now, in the context that there's an election coming up in a month in Iran. And while we know that the elections are not free and open, you could have uh, a rebellion at the polls, mm. and this is something that is of concern to them because this next president who will be a hardliner. The question is, is he a super hardliner or just a, a big hardliner? Uh, you know, the difference between Rouhani and the others is only that, you know, he dresses better. But the fundamental commitments that him, Zarif, and others, they know how to speak English, and then they uh, probably took courses in charm. But uh, the fact is that they that they are very little different in, on the bottom line, and their uh, pronouncements about destroying the, the Zionist entity, et cetera, are not different. Uh, so the election is something that hovers over them as well. So you take all of these things together, you begin to understand the the significance. And if if in fact Israel or somebody else carried it out, they deserve uh, recognition. Israel was more forthcoming in terms of admission in this this time around, or you, or or simply the reason their name was out there, uh, or the credit given to them was out there so early is because the media decided to do so. No, it was not the media that decided. It was there were statements. Why? Uh, why do you why alluding do you think, to it? Why do you think now it's different that they're willing to because as a warning, as a warning to Iran, as, a, as that is what some say. Uh, as you know, Benny Gantz, the Minister of Defense, ordered an investigation about the leaks wow. and 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 other leaks too. When the New York Times leaked uh, stuff about the previous attack, uh, there is concern, as you know, Israelis don't aren't always tight-lipped about uh, certain things, and and right. it has been in the past in regard to these kind of incidents, but. Uh, but there were statements made almost immediately so that they were uh, putting themselves out to make sure that the message was clear that 
as they did with the assassination of Harzadeh, the, the head of their nuclear program, you know, Israelis were giving details about a remote control gun or other things that, that uh, might have been involved, because you are sending uh, a message. You know, they, they also, uh, Iran started testing nuclear-capable missiles again during this past week. So they're moving ahead, both on their missile development, on the weaponization, and on the uh, nuclear research and, and advancing it so that they cut the, the breakout time. The ETH, the European three, you know, France, Britain, Germany, did express grave concern about the 60% enrichment, which they say is for radio pharmaceuticals. I have no idea what that means, but I assume it has something to do with your show. And the, uh, <laughs> that they, that's why they say they need the 60%. 90% is weapons grade. They are now at 20%. They're supposed to be at three and a half. Every move from, let's say, three to five is huge. Five to 10, massive. 60 to 90 is nothing. It's just purely a technical thing. And that's why people have to understand how fast they are approaching the, um, you know, the threshold. And at the same time, they continue to arm Hamas, Hezbollah, and others. We know that weapon shipments... Uh, go through Somalia and and um, through Sudan to Egypt to the, to to Gaza and then uh, arming uh, Hamas and stuff and getting into the West Bank where the Bedouin smuggle them across the border through tunnels into into the Sinai and then from there to Israel. Uh, so the, the the their aggressive behavior continues, and I think that the net result is that the Abraham Accords are going to be stronger. That they're going to look those countries are looking more and more. Towards it, to Israel, uh, and the fact that on on uh, Yom Hashoah you have commemorations in Bahrain and UAE and Morocco and other countries, and statements that are coming out are more or less uh, supportive, of uh, more or less openly supportive of Israel. Although, as you know, everybody's very careful, treads carefully. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, the beloved NSN app. You know, uh, during a week where we spent a lot of time paying tribute to, remembering, and, and speaking about the IDF, uh, rightfully so, uh, such an important historic week, uh, you have based on this attack and the way you described it, meaning the one at the nuclear plant this week, you have to wonder about the level of uh, expertise that Israel now has among their cybersecurity soldiers and their cyber attack soldiers, because this is becoming such an important part of war or or prevention, frankly, of war uh, at the moment. And I mean, it is likely, based on the way you described it. It is, I don't want to say likely, it's possible, based on the way you described it, that all of this was done remotely. All of this was done from a laptop, if you know what I mean. I know I'm exaggerating, but you get my point. No, no it, get... Might, it may be true. Wow. <clears throat> I mean, it seems to me that the explosions that I saw would not have been just by that, but it is possible because what happens with the centrifuges, they have a backup power system so that if did they have to be uh, cooled off slowly, you know, otherwise it shuts down, and when it shuts down and, and backs up, if it's shut quickly, uh, then you get an explosion. So it is possible that they did it remotely because they not only did they get the centrifuges, they they disabled the backup power system. Pretty amazing. I'll so it didn't go off. So yes, a lot of this it is 
it is a new form of warfare today, but it's warfare against individuals, against corporations, against people we don't don't even know, and having been taken into the dark web and seeing that thousands of anti-Semitic hateful websites being created constantly, Iran, the PA, others, you know, so you have state sponsors in this case, and you have then uh, unlimited numbers coming out of Europe, Germany, France, elsewhere. The, there has to be a total crackdown. There has to be real restrictions. It's, it's not easy, I, I, I acknowledge, and you know, you have all the free speech, et cetera, et cetera, issues, but this is, this is really not does not come under that category, and um, uh, it's it's one of the reasons why the IRA definition is so important, and especially the examples about what is acceptable and not acceptable. And when I see even a, a supposedly Jewish organization coming out against the IRA definition because it's too specific, they fear that it'll limit criticism of Israel as if there isn't enough leeway for for people to criticize Israel. Um, it's it's particularly upsetting and, and, and outrageous, and we had several incidents on campuses this week where they rejected the IRA definition or just they, they rejected the counter definition as well, but they, um, you know, we're not getting what should be adopted as, as just an obvious expression uh, for, for defense of, of um, our free speech and of the, the rights of Jews that on two or three campuses just this week, including at NYU, that we did not get through. There are, thank God, many other campuses where they're adopting the IRA definition. That's the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance uh, definition. And every one of your listeners should be familiar with it and, and know and should be urging governments to adopt it, universities, public officials, and others. Because once you have a definition, if you can identify it, then you can fight it. If you're not going to agree on the definition, then everything goes, and especially on our campuses today, that is, that is true. Hmm. By the way, on the Halimi, uh, the Dr. Halimi uh, murder decision that he won't, the killer won't stand trial because of the whole marijuana thing. Was there any reaction from from uh, I don't know members of the French government or uh, the reason I ask is because in this country now. Before there's even a trial, <laughs> there's reaction from public officials, attorney generals, and city council presidents, and mayors and governors about how outrageous you know certain decisions are, or how outrageous behavior was, and therefore it should lead to you know whatever decision in the end. Uh, was was there any reaction to the uh, abomination of justice that this guy in standing trial in France? There have been. First of all, we we uh, this is there's been. Uh, attempts, and we were involved. As we've talked to French officials. We've been pressing them. We've been there've been public campaigns. The Jewish community in France has certainly been outspoken on it, and French officials. Some of them have spoken out about the need to, to uh, uh, favoring prosecution of this individual. But this is already the last appeals court, so it's gone right. through various stages. In each stage, we saw the escalation of the likelihood that this guy could be could be exonerated or not exonerated, uh, not prosecuted. Right. Um, uh, and on um, each of those stages, we all were very active. I've met with the French ambassador here. I met, I spoke to officials in France on a regular basis, not just me, many other people too, because it's so outrageous. I have to tell you, this makes my blood boil because this is exactly the reflection of what gives open license that you can kill Jews. There's a young boy, Halimi, if you remember, was killed and right. he was tortured, and it took a long time before they would admit. That it was uh, an anti-Semitic attack. I spoke at his funeral in Israel, and I turned to the Vergebas and I said, "Jacques, drawing on that historic Mm -hmm. reference, and I said, I accuse you for ignoring it. I accuse you for waiting 18 months. I accuse you for sending the message that this is tolerable, and this will only lead to more and more 
such cases. The French Jews there were, were like shocked, and the French ambassador came up to me afterwards, and he, he embraced me, and he was almost in tears, or maybe in tears, because you got to stand up to this. This is a license to kill. And the, the fact that this 82-year-old woman is thrown out of a window, and he also yelled, Shaitan, um, Satan, uh, in Arabic. This was, and he has had, had harassed her for a long time before. And we know of many, many such cases. The numbers of anti-Semitic incidents are continuing. And this year, there were many, many more on the Internet because there was less public interaction. But the number of uh, attacks on cemeteries, synagogues, daubings, things like that, did increase the, even during the COVID year. Unbelievable. And, and, and i got to be careful how I say this because even in Israel we see you know, uh, attacks on Jews, obviously. It happens. Uh, but uh, as as these are going to continue to increase in the diaspora in different countries, including democratic countries around the world, people should not express, you know, surprise or shock because, as you just said, there's it's always been like this, right? Jewish history, there's always been, it seems, certainly Jewish history in the, in the exile, there's always been a license to kill Jews. That's the way it is. And usually the people would not uh, be prosecuted for it, would not stand a trial for it. And here in 2021, we see exactly that. And if you think it's only happening in France, folks, if you think carefully, I could give you a bunch of examples. It may not be as severe as what Dr. Halimi went through, but I can give you plenty of examples of it happening in this country as well. And Our- just look at the statistics for it. And, and, and Nahum, one other point, mm-hmm. and that is the fight over the PA getting the money and, and lifting the sanctions and not holding them while, while they continue to pay to slay. That's a message also that we allow them to reward people for killing Jews. That's why the Taylor Force Law is important. That's right. why it's, right. it's not to deny people medicine or anything, because that's not what it's about. It's about one thing, and that is you're giving them the right to continue to reward people for one thing, and that is if you kill Jews, and the more you kill, the more you get. Uh, without the state of Israel, we would be so up a... Uh, uh, we'd be finished. Yes, <laughs> we'd be up that right. We, without the state of Israel, people have to realize what is protecting us, even in the diaspora, is a strong, secure, ready to stand up to the world state of Israel. Are we any closer to a government in the state of Israel? A government, um, <laughs> <laughs> a new government, not the government, right? <laughs> uh, as of yet, no. And uh, in my conversation yesterday with people, I, I don't yet see the solution. I think more and more are talking about a fifth election in September, which could create an anomalous situation, because if they don't have a government in October, the deal with Gans goes into effect, so he becomes prime minister. <laughs> and so there are <laughs> people uh, the, don't even that, understand that, all the weird... That's called, that's called BB outsmarting himself without even right. realizing that The ramifications sometimes are... Oh, is are that just funny? incredible, you know, and everybody, people don't even talk about it now. I mean, yeah, what, what you, you prove is that you don't need a government. Well, we're lucky, because in this era, we really don't. I think that's why, you know, God is having a little bit of fun with all this, because, the, you know, at the beginning of the state, we talked about it on Yom Atzimut, at the beginning of the state, boy, did we need leadership. Boy, did we need guidance. Boy, did we need someone who was able to bring everyone together and sign that document. Boy, oh boy, have you heard Mayor's description yesterday about what went into getting that document signed? And of course, I'm referring to the Declaration of Independence of Israel. Uh, But now, I don't know, maybe it's a blessing. Maybe we really don't need um, a a full-blown, in-control leader 
uh, in Israel. Uh, you think Gidon Sar is ready to make a deal, or it's way too because we've discussed that you know don't expect much till Shavuos week because of the timetable, or it's way too early to speculate. It's too early to speculate on that. It's a question also whether the members of his party might just abandon him. He's been very adamant that he won't serve in a in Netanyahu-led government. Bennett seemed to have modified his stance this week. Um, oh, right, but, that's right. But yeah. as much as we joke about it, Israel does need a stable government. They have right. the COVID impact. The, the economy needs to be shorn up. Thank God they managed uh, remarkably. Uh, uh, the miracle continues, uh, the economic miracle. But I think that they said they have a deficit of uh, fifty billion this year, and the the um, you know the, the situation around them. You see Lebanon now demanding more from the maritime rights, and people even know they don't even think about these negotiations. And at the same time, you know, when we talk about the rise of anti-Semitism, there's one exception in the world to it, one, and that is the Arab world. <laughs> where the country where anti-Semitism is being addressed seriously in the UAE, in in Egypt, in Morocco, in in the Bahrain, and others, where they, not only do they have Holocaust commemorations and changing their textbooks and the TV broadcasts, I'm saying it's a long-term process, and you can't erase decades of indoctrination. But the the fact is that that's where governments have really taken a strong stand and and rebuilding their. Jewish heritage sites and and restoring some of them. Uh, We have, by the way, in Libya, just a report now that a very ancient synagogue is uh, scheduled to be given over to a Islamic religious center uh, in uh, Tripoli, and we should fight to restore and to maintain, even though there are no Jews. But this is part of the patrimony of the Jews who are forced to leave Arab countries, the refugee population that doesn't get UNRWA help. Who do you even lobby for that? Like, who, who do you even call for? Who do you lobby for that to, to see if it's uh, possible to... Well, purchase? the U.S. has has the U.S. Commission abroad. You have uh, uh, un, uh, the um, UNESCO, if they declare it a, a site. We, right. uh, and most of all, just to the Libyan government, which is today, you know, very fractured and very tense because you had the two factions. They've created somewhat of a unity government, but the leaders are not necessarily very sympathetic. Uh, official. I mean, you you mentioned earlier about people calling you, and and we we've gotten emails just trying to connect people with some officials who might be able to help in terms of travel. I mean, look, if if Israel's really five weeks from now open to tourists, right? If it's really going to happen, which I'm assuming, based on the timetable that's being discussed in the Jerusalem Post and other sources, that it's really going to happen. Then it seems if one is vaccinated or has proof for a test, etc., they'll be able to get into Israel. So I notice a lot of angst and anxiety right now, especially for those who have simchas and you know are desperate in the next four or five weeks to get to Israel. But after that, once the May I don't know twenty first, twenty second, whatever date it was, once that arrives, should it be an open corridor between us and Israel? Not necessarily. It's it's they're talking about organized groups for May twenty third. Um, and not just individual travel. And, you know, there have been glitches yesterday. They stopped the student travel because there were so many forgeries. People. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that. They were stopped pay- it? We're paying for uh, forged documents to Eesh. be able to get to Israel. And I, the price that I've heard the people paid was pretty extravagant. Um, so that they they put some restrictions now on student travel till they can address this issue of the forgeries. They, they turned people around at the airport who flew in, and they caught the forgeries and forced them to fly back. And I think some innocent people may have gotten caught in this trap as well. Wow. Uh, but so th- th- that's one thing. Uh, the, 
it's still unclear what happened on May 23rd, whether individual travel. But when people have simchas and stuff, they can apply. Right. And now, for the first time, I see the bottleneck is beginning. This week, it began to loosen a little bit, and people who are going on Aliyah, not just going to visit, are beginning to are being processed again. And that where there is a particular circumstance, like elderly parents or a lone soldier child, uh, people are getting permission to go. It's not easy. They have to these apostles and all sorts of things, which I believe me, I don't know what it is, but I know that it's, <laughs> it's more complicated because people are begging us to help them. By the uh, way, if... find their birth certificate <laughs> or prove that they were born, right. uh, even though they're standing there. Uh, <laughs> so I know it's it's somewhat complicated. I don't make light of it because people have missed really important life events, uh, children's weddings and, and uh, births of a grandchild and and other such things. Uh, and it's really tragic. And I've tried, but it's you can't you can't break through in the government on the other side. The consulate here has been really remarkable in trying to help. I just hope they understand how significant it will be in a negative way if at the end of June the youth groups that normally travel to Israel in the tens of thousands, I mean, it's not just them and, and you know, and, and making sure they get that experience. Also, I can imagine what those groups do for the Israeli economy, the drivers, the guides, the, the restaurants, everything that's affected by, you know, thousands of people coming into a country. Right. And the burden falls on, you know, the government pays for hotel employees about 70% of their salary while the hotels are forced to be shut. Wow. And so the economic burden is very great. And as you said, it's it's all the money people spend buying stuff. It's it, The ramifications permeate the whole society. Tourism is vital to every society. And if airlines cut back on flights then, and that, that has all this has long-term impact. I understand that the need for restrictions. Israel's done an amazing job. They're moving towards herd immunity. Uh, hopefully that will be in effect. They can still have restrictions and testing and things like that to make sure to safeguard against people bringing in the new variants, which is is a scary thing to me. Um, but they have to open up. It's just it's really important that, as you said, the youth groups, and they will take, I'm sure, special precautions, mm-hmm. as with the camps here and others, the kids can't be locked up again. That's for sure. Uh, you ready for a stumper? We love stu- more more. we love stumping Malcolm Honline. Do you give a Pras Israel to a BDSer? <laughs> so how, much, how, how much time the, do you have? The, the objection that Galant raised is legitimate. I think if you if you honor with the highest award Israel gives to give the Israel Prize, this is not just a this is a recognition of the individual, right. which means it's the totality and not just some scientific. It's not the Wolf Prize for mathematics. Right. Uh, I do think that there is uh, a significant message in that, and that they have to know that you make a choice. You want to, to call for boycotting your own country, to, to damage people's income, to harm the economy, then there is a price to be paid. Wow. Great analysis. Great analysis. And finally, Malcolm, I'm sure you saw this. is a New York Times article where uh, Governor Cuomo once said about the holiday of Sukkot, these people and their effing tree houses and i think that's outrageous malcolm who on earth calls a sucker a tree house come on but is it's it... a great idea i think now that yeah people maybe will, will sh- consider building their <laughs> sukkahs as tree houses i mean isn't hut the best uh, the best english translation or description of a sukkah wouldn't you say why would one <laughs> why would one go to tree house for that come on well, because we do put the trees on the top. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I tell you, 
I think it was a creative idea, though, that you know people don't always have room for us. So can you, you start building tree houses? That, uh, let's not, let's uh, not look, get it. It's not as something to make made light of. I, I, again, I don't. We don't know the circumstances, but clearly, uh, you know, you can see a situation where he's sitting in a car and he said, "Oh, I have to do this." Yeah, but, I believe me, I but, see it. It just it's terrible. Yeah, but it still is insulting, yeah, and it's of it's. Of course. If it's true, it should apologize. It should yeah. just, you know, say it was a moment of frustration. He was tired. You, you, you can understand that. You can see or envision the circumstance in which it took place. But he didn't have to go. Nobody forces anybody to go and visit the, the Sukkah. I'm sure it was a fundraiser. Yeah. So so it was worth it for him. I think uh, people in general are just looking for apologies from him and tossing stuff out there until he starts to be a little bit more um, forthcoming with some apologies. So, and by the way, uh, the... Uh, uh, I can only imagine the halachic discussion about actually building a sukkah in a tree. I was once in Israel at, uh, uh, you know the place, I just can't think of the name right, right now. And they, they have the six sukkahs and they're they're the on su- a camel. Correct, that's what I was going to tell you, a sukkah on a camel, which is gewaldic. Anyway. Noga Ravani built the place. And, um, and I, I can't think of the name. It's near, between Yerushalayim and Tel Aviv. Yeah. People, anybody who hasn't gone there really has to go because you will understand Tanakh in a whole new way. 100%. And I'll get the name, and I'll remind the listeners. We've spoken about it on the air. Uh, Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great Shabbos to you and to everyone. Uh, Friday morning, JM and the AM. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Friday's weekly update here at JM and the AM. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best. Serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Make sure to try A&H today. And I want to remind you, speaking of Israel, that Yatar, uh, which is short for the ATV unit in Hebrew, is the only volunteer-based anti-terror unit under the command of the IDF and Border Patrol. And uh, there we go. And uh, highly trained anti-terror experts patrol and respond in hard-to-reach areas ripe for terror-related activities. Yatar also responds to fires and other emergencies in hard-to-reach areas. The country's only unit like this relies on donations to fund their highly specialized ATVs. And right now, Yatar is trying to raise money for an ATV. Uh, They have raised almost half of the money. This ATV is uh, being um, purchased in memory of Esther Horgan, who, of course, was a victim of terror. Uh, There are just over 38,000. The goal is 85,000. You can go to charity.com slash cmp slash Yatar Israel. That's charity with a D. Charity.com slash CMP slash Yatar Israel or literally just uh, search Google uh, Charity uh, Yatar and you'll find the site. And I hope that our listeners can help them get to the goal of purchasing that ATV. This time each every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, Spiritual Leader Emeritus, Congregation Stormway Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading the two parshios of Sazria and Mitzora. According to the Chinuch, the two parshios contain 16 positive mitzvos and only two restrictions. Now, very, very interesting. If I had to try to explain these two parshios of Sazria and Mitzrora, I would have to honestly say, ooh, 
it is completely beyond our understanding. Let's start with the basics. The Torah is not a medical journal or a um, guide to have that one would consult it when all kinds of medical issues were to come up. If one gets a burn, unfortunately, in the kitchen, you don't turn to the Torah to find out what you put on the burn. And so, too, do you put hot or cold for a backache? You're not going to find in the Torah. But yet, we have two parshios dealing with what, for lack of a better term, we can call in English leprosy, because it has certain similarities to the disease of leprosy. But as I'll show you in a moment, it is not really leprosy. It is a disease, but as we shall see very quickly, it is something which is lamala min hateva, supernatural in its uh, existence. So let's begin with the following. The Torah tells us there are three different types of negoim, of what we call appearances, blotches, either on the skin of a person, on their garment, or on their house. And the Torah tells us that when one believes that they have this appearance, they are to go to the Kohen, not to a dermatologist, even though the Torah in the second book advocates verapo yurape, and as the rabbis tell us, mikan nitan rishus lorofe lorapos, the Torah gives and mandates that a doctor is to heal. This is not, as we shall see, a disease which comes from a purely physical nature. But rather, we see from the fact that Mr. Kohen has certain hours and certain days. If you take a look in chapter 13, Pasuk 14, Uviyom Heroos Bo, and on the day that he, the Kohen, examines, Rashi brings Lilamid that it comes to teach us, Yesh Yom Sha'atoroebo, there are days when Mr. Kohen did examine and determine whether this is or is not Tsora'as, and there are days when he would not simply see. His practice is, quote, closed for the day. Now, there's no question about it that pending on the individual circumstance, when one shows this blotch to the Kohen, he will either be able to on the spot determine if it is indeed Tzora'as, or he's going to, to use a term that the Torah has had first, 
quote, quarantine the individual for a week, and if necessary, a second week. And during that time of isolation, the person is to do very serious reflection. And we're not dealing with a contagious disease, which is what's going to cause the person to go into isolation, because if so, as Rashi continues, from here we learn that Chosan, during the week of Sheva Brachos, the first week after marriage, if somebody should be there, one of the guests, and say, I think the Chosan has a Tzara'as, the answer is, we don't tell it to the Chassan A, and we don't have the Chassan go to the Kohen during the week. I, if it's contagious, the answer is, it's not contagious. And Rashi continues that, so it is v'chem boregel. So too, when Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkos, where hundreds of thousands, if not more, Cain Yirbu, gather together, in Yerushalayim, and there's such a concentration of so many people together, and you're next to somebody, and you say to yourself, hmm, I think that person has Saras, don't even bother telling him, because the Kohen is not going to look, excuse me, and disturb the Yom Tov. So we see very clearly that this is not your typical, quote, contagious disease. Let's take a look together at the Ramban in Perik Yud Gimel, Pasuk Mem Zayin, Pasuk 47, where the Torah introduces the, uh, quote, plague of leprosy in a garment. And the Ramban, and I give you the translation to save time, says the Ramban, this is not in the natural order of things nor does it ever happen in the world outside of Eretz Yisrael. And similarly, continues the Ramban, leprosy on the houses. This is not a natural phenomenon. But when Am Yisrael, when the land, when Am Yisrael, the Jewish people, all right, when they are holy, devoted to Hashem, then His Spirit is upon them always to maintain their bodies, their clothes, and houses in a good appearance. Thus, as soon as one of them commits a sin, such as the Gemara in Erechen 16a describes, that one of the primary sins which generates Tzara'as is Lashon Hora a person speaking bad about somebody else. So when they, as soon as a person commits the sin, a deformity appears in his flesh or on his garment or in his house, revealing that Hashem has turned aside from him. In other words, there's an immediate zap on this person as if to say, you've gone out of line. And we don't wait for the person to realize, but rather Hashem doesn't allow him to stay in the state of sin. And for this reason, quotes the Rambam, that Pusik says that 
Venosati, I shall put the plague of leprosy in a house in the land of your possession, meaning that it is Hashem's punishment upon that house. And thus the leprosy of houses applies again only in Eretz Yisrael, the inheritance of Hashem, even as he said, Kisavo'u, when you come into the land of Canaan, which I will give you as a possession. And he says that this applies only in Eretz Yisrael, not because this is a mitzvah, which is tluyos pa'ares, like trumos and maisros, which have to do with the land of Israel. But the reason is because this matter of Hashem showing a special hashkocha pratis, a special involvement in the lives of individuals in Eretz Yisrael, this occurs only in the land of Israel where the glorious name Hashra'as Hashchina dwells. All right? And this is so significant that the land of Israel has this special rapport. I'd like to show you that you might say to yourself, oh my goodness, how does this in any which way affect me? So I'm going to show you something very interesting. One thing we know, even if you're on a diet and you don't eat bread, Shabbos, we have to eat three meals. And we have to wash. And so we have to bench. And so we finish the first bracha. And the first bracha, as we all know, Hazan Olam, God sustains the world. And we say, Baruch Hashem, we conclude the first bracha, Hazan God nourishes all. Wonderful. I'm finished, right? No, no, no. You're not finished yet. Go on to the next bracha. Now, what is the next bracha? No delacha Hashem alokeinu. We give thanks to you, Hashem, for Eretz Chemda Tova Rochava, for the good, spacious land, the land of Eretz Yisrael. Why are we bringing in Eretz Yisrael after we have eaten our meal? After all, come on. I ate, be it a Shabbos meal, so whatever I'm eating, did the fish come from Eretz Yisrael? Did the meat that I ate come from Eretz Yisrael? Did the challah that I enjoyed, did the potatoes for the kugel grow in there? Why is Eretz Yisrael coming here? So I'd like to send you to another Ramban. Bring this Ramban to the table, short and exceedingly powerful. In Devarim, Chapter 11, Pasuk 12. The Pasuk reads, The land of Israel, Eretz, Asher Hashem Osa, a land that HaKadosh Baruch Hu cares about, and Tomir Enei Hashem constantly are the eyes of God on the land of Israel. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And Rashi asks the question, tell me, doesn't Hashem care about the rest of the world? But he answers, quoting the Sifrei, that by seeking out Eretz Yisrael, as a result of that, he seeks out all the other lands along with it. Now the Ramban 
quotes this Sifrei, as Rashi does, and he goes a bit further with this. And he says, Yeshbo sold Amuk, my friends, just as he says over here in our Parsha this week about Uru, the special relationship of the land of Israel to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the people Israel. So too, he says, in Devarim 11, 12, Yeshbo sold Amuk. There's a very deep secret here. This land is literally the encompassment of all blessing. And I quote, All other lands are supported, sustained through Eretz Yisrael. Now, what does that mean, and how are we to understand this? So there's no question about it, that the Ramban is talking Alpi Kabbalah, but I'd like to say that what he's saying is as follows, is that in Eretz Yisrael, which is especially Kadosh, Hashem's presence is much more evident, as one knows when one Baruch Hashem visits and lives in Eretz Yisrael. And this Kedusha sustains the world. I'd like to compare it as the Orachayim HaKadosh says in chapter 2 of Bereshis, in speaking about the sanctity of Shabbos, that Shabbos is not only holy in of itself, but the holiness of Shabbos is what maintains and sustains and gives its holiness to the forthcoming week. And the forthcoming week is nourished with the holiness of the previous Shabbos. So what's true in the realm of time is also true in the geographic sense, namely that just as in a physical sense the world cannot exist, something cannot exist without oxygen, so too in a spiritual sense there is no existence without Kedusha. And so very simply, when Hashem endows the land of Kedusha to Eretz Yisrael, the rest of the world. The Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is Nispashet. The Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael spreads, and it's this Kedusha which sustains the rest of the world. And therefore, if the wheat that provided you with your challah tonight was grown in Idaho, who gave the energy in a spiritual sense, to that wheat to sustain us, nothing less than the land of Israel. And the fish that was caught for you to enjoy your gefilte fish, even though it didn't come directly from the Mediterranean, directly from, quote, Eretz Yisrael, it's there from the blessing of. So when we recite the Birkas HaMazon, and after the first bracha, we think we're finished, we're saying, no, thank you, Hashem, because on a much deeper level, we recognize that it all comes from Eretz Yisrael. And so the Ramban, who helps us understand Tzora'as, 
gives us a further understanding and appreciation of how Eretz Yisrael plays such a significant role in our lives today. And finally, as we have been reading with a great sense of pride, Israel has shown the entire world by being the leader in its vaccinating its population against COVID-19. And I pray that we should all appreciate that which we find in this week's parsha, and that, as the Ramban says in uh, Devarim 11.12, the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael spreads, sustains, nourish, and provides sanctity for the entire world. Shabbat Shalom. To all. JM in the AM. My thanks, Rabbi Yudin. We have uh, four weeks coming up. Three of them have double partios. How do you like that? Three of the next four double partios um, this week, next week, and then uh, three weeks from now. I think Lagbomer Shabbos is the exception, right? In, in those four, if I'm not mistaken. I got to check with my friend uh, Josh Levine. He'll know. <laughs> I'm joking with Josh because he and I are both addicted to calendaric stuff, and this is just another calendaric quirk, to say the least. Um, JM in the AM, good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Reminder that uh, two weeks from today, it's our Lagba Omer celebration. Um, I want to thank Steve Adelsberg. He's chairing the event. I want to thank Ralph Rosenbaum. He's our New Jersey chair. The live musical extravaganza is two weeks from today with Avram Rosenblum and the Diaspora Rados. Special jam that morning with Avram Rosenblum and Aryeh Kunstler. I'm already looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the whole thing. And it's a five-hour radio special with amazing live music. I hope you'll be watching and listening from around the world. Facebook Live will have it. Instagram Live will have it. Our website will have it. I mean, it's going to be spectacular. Uh, Nothing short of spectacular. Anyway. So that is the story, and I hope you'll uh, you'll um, be tuned in that morning. Really going to be an amazing, excuse me, an amazing Lagba Omer celebration. Um, and chances are that, you know, it's Friday after all Lagba Omer. You know, you don't have the usual Lagba Omer activity, so hopefully you'll be around and be able to Tune us in. It would be wonderful if you could do so. I want to remind you about our friends at ShopEichlers.com. ShopEichlers.com. Ten, I can't even say thousands. Tens of thousands of items in the world of Judaica on their website. Tens of thousands. Pretty remarkable. Everything you've ever wanted with every category imaginable. Check it out. Uh, they also have something unique called Same Day Delivery. To Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, and Jackson, New Jersey. Go to shopiclers.com for details. They're coming off of their amazing Svarim week with all those uh, thousands of uh, Svarim titles and Yiddish titles uh, that were discounted. So uh, you know that those sections are as up-to-date as possible, just like the rest of the website, so check it out. And get ready to do some shopping at shopiclers.com. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. As um, we continue here on a Friday, I wanted to remind everybody 
Uh, and we'll talk more about this as we get closer on the – boy, I got I to gotta get these papers organized. Earlier in the week, they were organized. And then, you know, the whole week happens, and <laughs> all of a sudden, it's a completely different story. Um, on the 27th of April, the 27th of April, our friends at the Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center in Queens are going to uh, have an evening of inspiration dedicated to the memory of Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld. And that's happening April 27th at 7 p.m. Rabbi Noah Isaac Elbaum, Rabbi Eitan Feiner, Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, Rabbi Chaim Schwartz will all be presenting. It's moderated by Rabbi Zavol Perlman, the coordinator of Jewish Affairs at Margaret Teets. And will be streamed live on margaretteats.org. We'll talk more about this as we get closer and uh, remind you about this really important event presented by the Margaret Teats Nursing and Rehab Center out in Queens, New York. Leanne Foreman is with us live via telephone. She is the executive director of CCSA, Communities Confronting Substance Abuse. And that organization and many others are sponsoring a uh, very important event this coming Sunday. Um, it is a uh, it is going to begin at ten thirty in the morning. You can go to jewishccsa.org for information. Jewishccsa.org. Leanne Foreman, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nakam. Thank you for having me. Uh, is this the title of the event? Someone I know is struggling with substance abuse. Now what? Yeah, so, you know, we focus a lot on community awareness and education. Our mission is to eliminate stigma, allow people, sufferers, and their families to come forward for help, um, you know, destigmatize the disease of addiction. And we started talking about, well, what about individuals? Mm. What, can, what can they do? You know, if you're concerned about somebody, somebody you care about is using substances, you're worried, you're not exactly sure how to approach them, how to talk to them about it. Um, you know, do they have a problem? If they have a problem, what are the treatment options? A lot of times people look at the world of treatment and say black and white, rehab or nothing. Um, and there are a lot of shades of gray there and a lot of levels of care that might be required. It's not necessarily that somebody has to go to rehab right away. That might be an answer and an option, but it's not the only one. Uh, and actually, you mentioned here under the title three really important things to consider. One is what you just said, treatment options, and as you just described, and uh, you're much more familiar with this than I am, but uh, you know, there are many varieties of treatment options. Uh, you know, the scale goes, uh, I-, I would assume, from mild to, to very severe uh, intervention. Then you have communication concerns, and what an important uh, a concept that is to address, because as, as you just mentioned, somebody in one's life, it- it's now obvious that they are you know, hooked on some substance, what do you do? How do you, how, how do you communicate with them instead of ignoring the situation? And I think you would agree, and you could tell us, that dealing with it is much better than ignoring it, right? It is. And it's, it's not just that they're hooked on something. It could be that maybe they're, they're drinking a little bit too much. Right. Maybe you're concerned that you know, they're not just doing it uh, you know, in moderation, but they're starting to be a little bit irresponsible or they're starting to suffer some consequences the person themselves doesn't perceive that they've lost any control over the issue. Um, and you just want to know, you know, how can I talk to them? How can I, you know, without telling them, I think you're addicted to this, right. um, you know, just to approach them and to gently maybe assess whether or not there is an issue and whether or not professional intervention is required. And finally, you mentioned halacha considerations. And frankly, you know, even though 
often these are life-saving issues, and sometimes uh, you know people know that uh, no matter what the halacha states, that one must save someone's life. But there are a million other questions and issues, no doubt, that come up that are under the rubric of how to behave uh, uh, as a Jewish person and someone who cares about halacha in a situation like this. So that's a third um, a, a piece to this that will be addressed on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm very close to somebody in the treatment world, and she gets a lot of calls, not just for her um, her treatment center, but, you know, from people across the country. And a lot of times the question is, well, you know, what happens if the place doesn't offer kosher food? Right. Or what happens if my loved one overdoses on Shabbos or on a Chag? You know, what am I supposed to do about that? And there's there's all sorts of considerations. That's sort of the major ones, but there are all sorts of considerations in getting a loved one help. We're very grateful to Rabbi Mordechai Willig for being the one to uh, answer those questions, hopefully on Sunday. The panel on Sunday includes Dr. Audrey, Fesh- Dr. Audrey Freshman, uh, Rabbi Dr. Benzion Twersky, Rabbi Mordechai Willig, as you mentioned, and Dr. Moshe Winograd. They will all address these issues coming up Sunday at 10.30. Now, now, what's happening here? Are we in person? Are we on Zoom? What's happening with this event? We're on Zoom. I mean, number one, I think, you know, COVID has changed everybody's life. Um, but certainly for CCSA, doing it on Zoom has allowed us to really have a far-reaching effect. We get people from across the country. Um, you know, it's something that touches all of us. We'd like to think that we're immune from this. We're not. And we're, we get calls all the time from various communities across the country. But this is one of the reasons why I think we're going to stay virtual, even when we're allowed to go back in person. Um, it makes it easier for people. It makes it easier for our panelists, frankly. They can sit in their living room or their den and, you know, ha- conduct this panel and, and not have to leave the comfort of their home. Yeah, I get that. Um, but sometimes there are people that would want to speak to you or others, you know, specifically about a situation they're involved with. I think they took the advantage of that opportunity during the live events. Now I guess they could just email you directly and set up a conversation? Well, the nice thing about this event is afterwards we actually have a community fair, a virtual fair. So, you know, imagine yourself in a, in a symposium where there are booths afterwards and you can go up and approach different people and talk. We're going to do that in breakout room fashion. People can move from room to room. There will be five different breakout rooms where there will be professionals there to answer questions, to talk. Um, you can just listen in. You can listen to other people's questions. You don't even necessarily have to have a personal concern. You might just want to, mm. you know, pop in and out. Um, and we've offered that opportunity to five of our corporate sponsors. Zoom can do that, huh? Zoom can do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. Audrey Freshman, Rabbi Dr. Benzion Tversky, who, of course, is the legendary Dr. Tversky's son, I imagine, right? Yes. Uh, Rabbi Mordechai Willig and Dr. Moshe Winograd, they're all going to be presenting. It's uh, someone I know is struggling with substance abuse. Now what? This Sunday, beginning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I'm assuming it's on your website, jewishccsa.org? It is on the website. And, Nakam, I just want to add one thing. A lot of people believe that this doesn't affect them. This couldn't possibly affect them. The statistics are that 46% of Americans have a close friend or family member who they know struggles with substance use and addiction. If you expand that to our colleagues, our neighbors, members of our shul, you know, somebody you see in the grocery store, chances are everybody knows somebody who is dealing with this issue. Yeah, that's true. Can you tell from your van, and I don't know if this is a fair question for you, because I I think it's been a relatively short time, um, but can you tell already if our community is uh, doing better on this whole issue, or it's hard to say? It's hard to say. COVID really threw a monkey wrench into things. I mm. think there are a lot of people who were kind of struggling or vulnerable to this 
um, who unfortunately have been pushed over the edge. Right. Um, there have been people who have relapsed. Um, you know, on the other hand, I mean, we have a support group for loved ones of those suffering from addiction right. or struggling with substance use. And, you know, anecdotally from that and from calls that we get, um, there are more people struggling. There are also stories of hope. There are people who have, even during this difficult time and challenging time, found the help that they need, gotten into treatment, you know, whatever they needed to do to, to put their life back on track, they've, they've done. So, you know, I, I have a person in my, in my support group who I love dearly. Um, she's a mom, and she has said, where there's life, there's hope. And right. I quote her all the time. It's a long haul, and it's a lot of hard work, right? It is a lot mm-hmm. of hard work. JewishCCSA.org. The event is Sunday morning, 1030 Eastern Time. Again, JewishCCSA.org. Leanne Foreman is also available at their website, or I should say at their email address, which is time to talk addiction at gmail.com. It's time number two. Time to talk addiction at gmail.com. Feel free to email them directly and get answers to your questions. Leanne Foreman is executive director of CCSA. Uh, thanks so much for bringing this to our attention. Good luck on Sunday, and have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you so much. Good Shabbos, Malcolm. Friday morning broadcast, JM in the AM, on this 19th day in the counting of the Omer. Um, yeah, 19th day in the counting of the Omer. Even though it's Friday, April 16th, as we've been telling you, our good friend Ralph Rosenbaum TaxCPA2.com. Ralph, who, by the way, is our New Jersey chairman two weeks from today at the Big Log Bomber celebration, he is not in a panic today because normally tax day, as you know, is April 15th. That would have been yesterday. That would have been last night when people are outside the main post office in Manhattan mailing their tax returns to make sure it's postmarked by the 15th of April. No panic this year in April because tax day has been moved, according to our friends at TaxCPA2.com. Tax day has been moved to the 17th of May. So if you if you see Ralph Rosenbaum today and you're wondering, why does he look so relaxed? After all, wasn't yesterday tax day? The answer is it's been postponed. And go to taxcpa2.com. You can email Ralph for all his free information and uh, online newsletter, ralph at taxcpa2.com, ralph at taxcpa2.com. He'll join us two weeks from today. When we do our big log bomber celebration, I thank him for accepting a chairmanship on the New Jersey side of our big event brought to you by Mizrahi, the RZA, the Religious Zionists of America. Time to say good Shabbos. Journeys, JM in the AM.
Creator, it's a very special sign. Your candles will be burning, they'll fill your home with light. Singing songs of Shabbos, well into the night. So throw away your hammer, there's nothing left to do. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and the Nachum and the Network, and we're going to, of course, the beloved NSN app. And I want to thank those listeners, listener Zev and listener Josh, and those who pointed out that the, the place in Israel with the uh, sukkah on the camel <laughs> is Neot Kidumim. And if uh, you make it back to Israel for this sukkah, please, God, make sure to put on your itinerary Neot Kidumim. Feel free to email me if you need more information. Thanks so much for tuning in. Matis has JM Sunday this coming Sunday morning live at 7 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in. I've run me with Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night. Plenty next week during the middle week of Sphera of programming. So we've got plenty coming up next week. Make sure to be tuned in. And the big Lagba Omer celebration, the live musical extravaganza, two weeks from today. Thank you to Mizrahi. The RZA, the Religious Zionists of America. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Great weekend. Till Monday, Nachum Single reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.